0: Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Keith Steigert, Uber reader and romance junkie. Pat Greiner. She has the head of an English major and the heart of a sci-fi nerd. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate plotting world domination one book at a time they are three book girls
1: this shit show is a
2: number two welcome to the shit show hi yes now that we have all the high maintenance people taken care of
1: leave me alone i can't (laughs) help
2: that i'm short those chairs are too tall
1: are on wheels very free wheels and if you're short and go to sit in a seat that's too tall for you, all it does is move out from underneath you when you're trying to sit. Short people problems, man. And you know what's really hilarious
2: is that I'm sitting here swearing up a blue streak and all of a sudden Bonnie goes, we're not on the air, are we?
1: <laughs> because we couldn't get anything to work and we're like messing around
2: with microphones and speakers. I would have not like, only oh. fired, but... <laughs> They far uh, FCC find they out fine. They fine you ten thousand dollars for every oh. F word. How many F so words to would be that? So paranoid. Oh when man! We
3: had studios that people would do shows out of in the morning, and we'd use for production in the afternoon. And uh, they'd always say, "There's no way you can accidentally put yourself on the air." And it's like, I just don't trust that.
2: <laughs> yeah, the way they've got this one set up, you have to. It's got a special profile uh-huh. specifically just for this kind of stuff. Yeah. So that know when that. you when you voice track and do all of that stuff, it completely changes the layout of the board, yeah, and re- ah. and removes the possibility of you being on the air.
1: But I have listened to the radio before and heard people talking over top of the songs, not like beginning and end, like they're talking about like their lunch
2: orders and stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like not really, oh, yeah. not here, not on Kiss. Well,
2: no. But I'm I mean, just talking. mean, we used to do that. We used to have that problem all the time because people would forget to turn the mic off. Yeah. <laughs> and not really loud
1: enough that you could really hear right. them. It's but you a could hear somebody You're not talking, talking right into
2: the microphone. You'd be wandering around doing stuff. And usually it's a dead giveaway because there are no speakers. Because when uh, you have a microphone on, there's no uh, speakers. Yeah. So if I took my headphones on uh, off right now, I wouldn't be able to hear you because the speakers keep everything they shut off the speakers to keep everything from feeding back.
3: Yeah. Mm. Only person I ever heard drop an F bomb on the air was like an eighty some year old woman.
2: <laughs> really? Yeah.
3: Alice Bubeck. You remember Alice? Oh God, yes. Alice, man. She
2: was she was one of the original radio people from yeah. like way back
3: when who the infamous story. She was her husband was the sound man for the old Fibber McGee and Molly. Yep yeah and Marley. Uh, and and they after they made their money, they bought a little radio station in Casper, Wyoming, moved out here to manage it. And he had a massive stroke, like six months later and was bedridden for decades for the Ooh. and Alice ran the station. And she got to be kind of a local legend out here. And it was like I think her eighty fifth birthday, and Brian Scott put her on the air to wish her a happy birthday. And she told him to fuck off. No, she was on she's she starts telling stories about her history and her oh. time in radio. And she starts into the story and Brian goes, Alice, you know you're on the air, right? And she goes, Oh yeah. And but you could tell that she wasn't thinking, I'm on the air this minute. She's thinking, I'm eighty-five and I'm still on the air in general but not (laughs) right at this minute (laughs) so she tells the story about how she'd had a horrible day at work and then she would go home at lunch to take care of harry and and she's complaining to him about everything that happened and harry looked up at me and said alice it's a shame you don't run the whole fucking world (laughs) (laughs) no and and brian was just like (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) nobody even called in to complain he's just he was just like I guess when you're 85, you can get you can get away with whatever you want to say. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
2: So today on the radio, I actually talked about something that's probably going to get me in trouble, but I did it anyway. One of the Kardashians is selling gummies.
3: Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Thing you sent around
2: for 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 pussy wellness. So it's supposed? Yeah. To... I couldn't open that. Yeah. It's supposed to make make it smell and taste delicious.
1: Well. They actually um, have gummies that you can buy on Amazon for vagina health.
2: Yeah, but they talked to a gynecologist and said, will this actually help? And they're like, no. Besides, if it smells bad, you need to have it checked. It means your your yeast levels are probably a little high. But $30 a bottle because it has a Kardashian name on it. I don't know. Vitamins are expensive now.
3: I pay about
4: thirty bucks for mine. Yeah,
3: but if you, they're not everything that
4: Kardashians sell, in my opinion. Like, I like the Good American jeans or whatever. Great concept. Have you seen those? No. uh -uh. So they're jeans that I'm gonna get the the sizing wrong, but they're jeans that are so stretchy that like they fit. Like the size ranges are like from. A size zero to a size six, and from a size eight to a size like fourteen. Mm, those aren't jeans. And, and everyone says they are amazing, and they feel great. One hundred forty-eight bucks, and I'm like,
1: i them out. <laughs> and you can you can yeah. buy those on ThreadUp for seventy. Yeah, but the I mean I've, I've actually I follow them. Their jeans actually look really nice.
4: They I do. Mean,
2: That's not and a then Jean. One of the if other Kardashians that has that Skims
4: like with the loungewear that's insanely expensive. But Good American is a Kardashian brand? Yeah. Oh, I don't know what, I think I it's never Chloe, the one that. Yeah.
1: Usually the $70 things still have tags on them, but I've actually never bought something for 70 bucks on ThreadUp. Now I bought some jeans that are called cut from cloth. Have you heard of those?
4: I have.
1: They're pretty stretchy.
4: They're I feel the like most- those are too expensive for me too, though.
1: Now, nah, well. I, want- I mean, I bought them used for thirty bucks, but they normally sell for like fifty, and they still have the tags on them.
3: Yeah, I'm a Some cheap. Some of the bitch. most comfortable jeans I've gotten lately are, are the house brand jeans from Dress Barn. Oh, and they're they're stretchy, and luckily I had a friend who worked there because I went and tried them on. I was like, "Oh, these are a little tight. I better go up a size." And she was like, "When you you after you've worn these jeans for like an hour." They stretch out enough that they're comfortable. So in fact, so I got the smaller size and I have to, when I first put them on, they'd be fine. But after I've worn them for an hour or two, I need a belt.
4: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I'll tell you what, Walmart has surprised me. Sofia Vergara, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. That's close enough. The modern family lady, Mm -hmm, she has mm -hmm. like these really nice jeans that they sell at Walmart and they're not, I think they're like 20 bucks. And they're really really nice. I'm kind of surprised that Walmart has something
2: huh. cool. Bonnie, like aren't you the one that said the the jeans are too stretchy, you didn't like them? Cuz then they they stretch out and you can't and, and they're baggy in the ass. Mm-mm. I wonder who that was that was telling me that.
1: But I don't have any luck with uh Walmart jeans cuz they're always too small in the butt and too big in the waist. I feel like they're made for popsicle people.
4: That's generally the problem I've had in the past as well.
2: I think I'm an anomaly because I don't want—I don't want them to be stretchy. That's because you're skinny. See, I do.
3: Yeah, I, I like that little bit of forgiveness when you've, like, had a major session with the ice cream. <laughs>
2: well, I mean, I like my leggings. I wear my leggings, and I like that stretch. But something about jeans—just it just gets on my nerves when they're stretchy. See, I have the issue that they Bonnie bag out. Has. So
4: if they're not stretchy, the waist is always, the waist is always too big. Wait, no. Yeah, the waist is always too always big and this, it's I always have this too big small gap in the, in the back. Yeah. Like I hate. And Old Navy,
1: sometimes you can find them on Old Navy, but the last ones that I got and they weren't very stretchy, which is nice. I've had them for like, I don't know, year and a half or so. And now the waist is too big again. So it's kind of like, well, these are going in the trash. I usually only throw them in the way when I wear them out in the thighs.
2: My chub rub. I don't know. I just I don't like it when when they. It's almost like pantyhose, you know, pantyhose kind of bag in the crotch after a while. That's what those pants feel like to me. I'm I'm constantly hiking them up all the time. Maybe I just have the I don't wrong mind size.
3: Hiking maybe you just need a belt (laughs) i was just gonna say
2: that
4: you need to shop at the young people stores because i feel like abercrombie and all those places are just for popsicle stick people what you're frozen
2: (laughs) it's hilarious (laughs) because you're talking but your lips aren't moving
4: I didn't tell you, but I've been taking this uh, ventriloquist class that is, at the college.
2: That is fire, She's man! Really That's good. fucking amazing. Yeah.
4: I know. I'm like so talented now.
2: Oh. Well, there <laughs> you're you back. Go. You're back. That was the weirdest thing. I kept looking at it because didn't you didn't have that traditional freeze look? Mm-hmm. You looked like you were just sitting there.
3: <laughs> Uh-oh. Before we get any further, i got to go grab another ball of yarn because I'm going to run out of this in, like, two minutes. It's okay. all fun and games until run you run
1: out of your balls. And see, yeah. I can't crochet in the studio. Why not? It's not light enough in here. I'm going to be able to see.
2: But I like having, having you here with me. I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> I do have to mention that the book sale is next weekend. Woo
3: woo. Yay.
2: which is super we've awesome.
3: got one tomorrow at our library. Do you? Is it a
2: big yeah. one or does, it, or do they do it just a couple of times a year?
3: They do. They do. It's not the big one. They do a big one uh, once, I think twice a year, but this is just a, they got a special deal. They got a couple of collections donated to them. And so they're, uh. it's supposed to be more older books and collectible books and whatnot. And so I might, I might have to stop in on my way. We've got a, a work session at the theater for the escape room, but I might have to stop in on my
2: way. Well, you wouldn't be a true book girl if you didn't. You got to go to the book sale, man. You just can't leave it behind. Yeah. (laughs) So what's going on with the book sale next week? Uh, The Shoners are coming. We'll do Saturday afternoon and then pizza after.
1: So Keith, do you have to bribe your, your kids with food, even the older ones? Bribe how? Like so that you can see them. Oh, Vonnie i
4: don't have that
1: issue oh because they all live there My children
4: are never moving out of my house
1: so because you know tyler went over to my house because they use my spare room as storage so they've got all this shit in there and they were going to go organize it and let their dogs play outside in the yard and stuff and uh i was like well are you guys going to be here when i get back and and they're like oh i don't know i don't know it just depends on how long it'll take i'm like i'll stop and get dinner and they're (laughs) like They just text me. They're like, we're going to wait for dinner. Do you want us to text our orders?
4: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Problem I have is that everybody now buys their own food. And like my 18 year old has a full time job. So when she buys. For instance, the chocolate chip name brand Eggo waffles, and then my son eats them, she gets very upset. Likewise, when my son buys mellow yellow and the thirteen-year-old drinks it, he gets upset. So now it's like I feel like I'm back in college, and everybody's got to
2: tape their names on their food. You have to label your food. Mm. I have to basically bribe to get to get them to come. Mm-hmm. I'll make dinner. I'll
1: fix your car for free. <laughs> Do you need any money? <laughs> Why don't you come out and I'll give you that money and make dinner and we'll have a nice evening. Maybe we could play cards or hang out. And they say, can I get that meal to go? Where's my check?
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, to... I'm
4: like looking for houses for my children to buy. <laughs> Are you ready to move out yet?
2: <laughs> like, please leave.
1: You know I can't what? miss you if you never leave. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? <laughs> no, 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 never. no, 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 no. I'm not going to make you cry today. Too much. Don't. Too much. (laughs) The book I read this week is called The Pitcher Bride by Lee Goomye. This is set in Korea in like 1917, 1918. And uh, for anyone who doesn't know the history of Korea, Japan was occupying Korea at this time. The main character of the book his name is willow and she grew up like in a smaller town she's kind of poor but she does have more of an education than most girls because her dad insisted that she go to class with her brothers and sit in the back of the room now she only made it part way through grade school but she can still read more than a lot of people so Especially, you know, Korea 1918, I think anywhere 1918 for women to know how to read and write. It was kind of a big deal. There's a lot of prospects for marrying into a good family in the village that she lives in. So what happens is, I can't remember who it was that set it up, but they set up what they call a picture bridegroom for her. So basically what it means is that somebody pays a a matchmaker to send a picture to young young women in Korea and they agree off of the picture and what the matchmaker has told them if they want to marry them. So they marry them without actually ever meeting them first. And that's what Willow and uh, her best friend does. I can't even begin to pronounce her best friend's name, so I'm not even going to try. Um, so they basically have a matchmaker set them up with these guys that are going to be their husbands off of pictures. And they get on a boat and travel from Korea to Hawaii. Now they have to, of course, pass physical inspections and everything. So their first stop is Japan. And they're in Japan for a little while until they can get cleared. And while they're there, another girl who is from their village or a young lady, I should say, she's not a child, is also waiting to get cleared to be able to go to Hawaii to meet her picture bridegroom. They kind of become instant friends, especially since they're all from the same village, Um, they're considered like sisters even though they're not related, because they're from the same place. The funniest thing about the third friend that they have is, it's not funny, haha, but she is the daughter of a shaman. And it's almost like the way they describe shamans from the village that they're from. They're almost like fortune tellers. Nobody really respects them. It's considered like a low way of life, if that makes sense. So they actually made fun of her when she was little and they weren't going in school. And now it's like they're instant friends because they're all going to Hawaii to be married. And uh, so they get their clearance, go to Hawaii. And when they get to Hawaii, the men whose pictures they have don't exactly add up to the men who are actually marrying them. It's kind of like online dating in the 1918s. The picture is not always what you get.
3: No, really? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Now, Willow's kind of lucky. She actually has a pretty recent picture of her groom. But the other two were expecting to meet men who were like 30-ish, late 20s, 30-ish, and they're like sixty and seventy years old. Yeah. I mean, they are perverts. Not, they're perverts. That's what they are. They're <laughs> not young. Plus, um, like other things that they had told them didn't turn out to be true. Like they were supposed to be landowners, and they're not landowners. And the girls were supposed to have the opportunity to be able to go to school and university, and that's not the case. And the in the little towns that they're living in with their husbands, they don't, they have schools, but for like the kids, it's not really for adults. So they kind of get, I wouldn't say suckered because it's still a better life than what they had, but they're not told the truth for sure. And um, this book is just kind of about that journey and these three friends and how they make it in Hawaii. Um, It's also about, okay, we're just going to say the uprising of Koreans trying to get back their independence from Japan because Willow's husband is very much about the independence movement and he goes over to Korea to fight and leaves Willow in Hawaii by herself with one child and another one on the way. So she has to kind of make her way by herself. And of course, she experiences a lot of people being prejudiced against Asians, um, especially people who are white. Uh, those freaking white people, I'm telling you.
2: Damn white people, assholes.
1: And um, especially since, you know, this is also during a war. There's so much that happens throughout the whole book. It's kind of hard to give a really good review without giving away too much because this goes all the way from Willow being in Korea being best friends with this other girl meeting up with the third friend going to Hawaii all getting married husbands going and doing you know independence movements or, or dying or so on so forth and then The end of it is actually from one of the children's perspective, and that's how the book ends. So it kind of skips a little bit around. There's a very big skip to the end of the book when it talks about, it's told from the perspective of one of the children of these three friends. And it kind of gives a backstory But it it was a good book. It was not as sad or as deeply emotional as a lot of the historical fiction books that I read. I think it would be fine for somebody YA to read it. There wasn't a whole lot of talk about sex. There wasn't really a whole lot of violence. It was actually easy. This would be a good, like, palate cleanser historical fiction between hugely emotional, heart-wrenching stories that I usually read. I'd probably only give it a four just because it was a little lighter than most of the historical fiction stuff that I really like. But I definitely would recommend it to somebody, especially somebody who's very first, who's just starting out in historical fiction. Um, this isn't going to wrench your heart out and make you regret life. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So, does your your rating system work like you knock off a star if it doesn't make you cry? Is that part of the, part of the system?
1: Oh, maybe only half a point if it doesn't make me cry.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I enjoy books that just dive deeper into the historical fiction factor, and this doesn't. It kind of breezes through like the Japanese takeover of Korea, kind of just barely talks about World War I. It just brushes up against World War Two, And I just, I like more history in my historical fiction than this did, if that makes sense. That's why this would be good for somebody who's just starting out with historical fiction because it's not gonna like just bombard you with too many facts. If it wasn't um, so much based on relationships, I would say that Martha would like it. And that again is called... The Pitcher Bride by Lee Gumye.
2: Are you going to bring the room up, Keith, or bring the ring down?
4: In general, I will not bring the room down because that would involve me having read a really sad book. And I can't do that to myself because <laughs> my life is sad enough. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, skinny bitch.
2: <laughs> you are a skinny bitch now. You're in the enemy camp. Oh my god. With me. Whatever popsicle woman. With me. I she I was talking about Listen, her. I'm in
1: the camp all by myself because all you skinny bitches can just kiss my fat ass. Bandova. I don't have to. I just have to
2: raise
4: a cheek. <laughs> oh My God. What a turn this has taken.
2: She just, she's really want me to get in there today. I'm telling you. Dude, she's, she's inviting You need to feed
4: her before the podcast next time. Either that oh, or I need to God. quit reading Anne
1: Rice's erotic novels. <laughs> There's a lot of butt biting.
4: Really? In the Ooh, second one. You're He's like, are they, that's
2: not the one where they're vampires. No, talk. that's not where they're. They're slave slaving out each other and whatnot. Yeah, it's not uh, read those. Claiming
1: of sleeping beauty. And the second one it, I actually like the second one a little bit better than the first one. It's called Beauty's Punishment. I just finished that one this morning.
4: Yeah, I still haven't gotten to those. I'm getting sent so many dinosaur eroticas. <laughs>
2: dinosaur erotica. Come on. That's all good stuff. I know. And someday
4: someday i will definitely have to read one for the podcast because they're just funny but i did not read that this week <laughs> maybe next time we have like a a dirty a dirty girl podcast a dirty girl what? theme we really have to do a, a whole episode about the most ridiculous plot lines ever such as dinosaurs eating your arm and then having sex with you like i mean and it's pretty ridiculous that? yeah i mean really yeah
1: I read an erotic novel where the guys, like, came to Earth to get a girl. And when they went back to their home planet, they were actually, like, dragons. So they had, like, dragon penises.
4: Oh, dude, I read that shit all the time. It was a very strange book.
1: There's baby. It was, I don't even remember the name of it, but it
4: was, it was strange.
1: It was ah, weird. I'll tell
4: you what, Alyssa turned me on to that. Ice Planet Barbarian shit. And I'm like all about that. And there's like twenty of them. Yep.
2: Oh my <laughs> our, God. Those our, things are so freaking good. One of our They're library so
4: crazy. One
2: of one of our library girls, Gwen, who was on the podcast one time, Gwendolyn. Mm-hmm. She loves those things. Dude, they are so amazingly bizarre. I and tried awesome. to read one, guys. I really did. <laughs> I really did. I I got to I got to the point where she met the guy and then I was done. I thought I'm oh, meeting that it's author aliens. Maybe, Dallas, maybe I can this. I am this. so excited. I cannot wait to meet that
4: author. Like it's one of the things on my bucket list. Oh my gosh.
2: Yay. I'm so excited for you, Keith. I'm so glad that you're you're gonna live the Thanks. dream. I know. I'm excited for me too. But I did not
4: read about aliens. I didn't read about dinosaurs this week. But the book is, is is pretty it's pretty ridiculous and funny. So the book I read this week is called You Deserve Each Other by Sarah Hoggle. And this book has a really interesting premise. It's about Naomi and Nicholas, and they are engaged and have been engaged for some time, and the wedding is getting very close. The wedding is in three months. And Naomi, our our heroine, she realizes, you know what? yeah there's three months left and i i really don't want to do this anymore i do not want to marry this man and there's nothing exactly wrong with him they she just really doesn't want to marry him anymore and she realizes pretty quickly that he doesn't want to marry her anymore but the problem is that they have this lavish wedding and as anyone who's ever been involved with a wedding knows you don't just pay when you do the wedding you pay like months beforehand. So there's deposits and all this crap already paid for. And whoever you know cancels the wedding, they have to pay for it. And neither one of them wants to. So what do you do when you do not want to get married, but you also don't want to break it off? Well, what you do is you drive the other person insane by pulling pranks and being awful to them. and And they live together, by the way too, which really sucks for them. So they live together and neither one of them likes each other anymore. So they just start doing all these awful pranks to each other. They do these, uh, they basically engage in this emotional warfare. So for the first part of the book, you really think they're both, they both really come across as just horrible people. (laughs) They're just, but sometimes what ends up happening when you're horrible and when you realize you know i don't care i have nothing to lose anymore they start acting like their real true selves and that's when everything (laughs) gets really interesting i'll tell you what it's kind of hard to for the first like 10 chapters of this book they are so mean and evil to each other (laughs) And they both know, they both know that the other doesn't want to get married anymore. So they just do the most unfathomable, terrible things to each other because they're like, oh, when I do this, he's definitely going to throw in the towel and just pay for the wedding. And it's, it's the craziest game of chicken there ever was, except they're playing it with thousands and thousands of dollars. And I mean, they both neither one of them are perfect i mean they both have their their flaws he's like a mama's boy and his uh his mother is like not a picnic she's just an evil hag this is a very bizarre unconventional unconventional shit i can't think of words either now Vonnie. thanks a lot for giving me your weird disease you're welcome unconventional is that a word no unconventional unconventional,
2: unconventional. <laughs> holy crap Vonnie. Uh, unconventional yes it's a yeah, word no, you're saying
1: unconventional
2: listen when i have a
1: headache i can't think of words
4: <laughs> i don't know words well i don't eat anymore so i feel like <laughs> i said to somebody the other day all my jolliness came from food and all my brain power also came from food so now i'm stupid and i'm a bitch so that's fun so this is the most unconventional romance ever because basically they don't like each other and hate each other and are trying to make each other so sick of the other that they'll, you know, break up with them. But it was also a lot of fun. There is no spice in this because, you know, they hate each other. So, I mean, they're not, this is not like, oh, we hate each other. Let's get it on. No, 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 no. So I mean Megan could read this. She'd be cool. No Megan blushes for this one. I don't know. So funny because how often do you read a romance where like the two main characters have already gotten together and
2: they don't want to be together anymore? That's pretty unusual, I gotta admit. Right.
3: Yeah. So sure but it wasn't a romance. Yeah, I was <laughs> yeah. gonna say
2: technically, by your definition, that's not a romance. Well, you know, once they start once they start
4: taking off the mask, uh they like each other as they really are. They just don't like the people that they thought they were with. You know how it is when you start getting real with somebody. Yeah. But so I really enjoyed it. It's one. It's been one of my favorite books that I've re- read. I actually read this a couple of years ago and I reread it recently because I remembered how much I loved it and how funny it is. And I needed a pick-me-up. Uh, and that was You Deserve Each Other by Sarah Hoggle.
1: Sorry. Sorry.
4: <laughs> Oh, God, what We're now? dirty
1: texting back and forth. <laughs> <Jeez>.
2: <laughs> Get a room. She sends me the, the picture of this, this book called Anything But Vanilla. <laughs> it's about strangers having sex with each other and guy on guy and some nice stuff like that, but it's not a romance. It's just sex. Well, there's a little romance in there, but not like gag me with a... So, Silver I'm going to try it out, see if it's good spank material. <laughs>
4: uh, Martha, I meant to tell you, your starfish picture is making all the rounds all over Facebook on all my smut groups. Everybody is talking about that starfish with the penis. I told you.
2: <laughs> you thought I was just a pervert, but no. You started a trend, baby. Sometimes it's necessary let your nasty flag fly (laughs) okay pat not that there's probably anything nasty in
3: your book but depends on your definition of nasty (laughs) okay the book i read is called this is going to hurt by (laughs) adam k are we talking
1: about the starfish again
3: (laughs) (laughs) that's where my mind went adam k was a young doctor in england in oh the first part, like the last decade, I think from about 2004 to 10 or so is, is the period that this book covers. He kept diaries of his experiences as he went through medical school. And when he left the profession of medicine, he was cleaning his stuff out and he found these diaries and said, oh, I could do something with these. I could make two things to know up front. One is that they are absolutely hysterically funny. (laughs) The other is, as he says, he gives away a spoiler right at the front because he says, "I he tells you, I found these after I left medicine. And then he says, some people told me that I shouldn't say right up front that I left the medical career. I should have saved that for the end, he says, but I figure... You all knew what happened to the Titanic and you watched that, didn't you? <laughs> so, <laughs> that, and that is his type of humor. He's just, he just has a slightly sarcastic thing to say about almost everything. Like most, I think, medical school experiences, it's grueling. The hours are ridiculously long. He's thrown into things that he is not prepared for. If there's one thing this book will make you have doubts about, it's like, if you're ever in the hospital and they say, "Do you mind if a student comes along and and follows along and participates in your care?" After reading this book, I think I would say, "Hell no, <laughs> I don't <laughs> want <the> medical <laughs> student ah, good. On <laughs> Because a lot of what he talks about is being thrown into situations that he is remarkably un feels remarkably unprepared for. In particular, because as soon as they get to the point where they declare a specialty. His specialty is OBGYN. <laughs> or as the, apparently the uh, British slang in medical school for that specialty is brats and twats. <laughs> <laughs> I love the brats. Nice. Oh my God. Yeah.
4: <laughs> this is going to hurt, is not
3: something you want to hear. No. <laughs> Some of what he writes is really kind of poignant because even though he doesn't play it for sympathy, He works ridiculously long hours, his relationships with his friends, with his partner who only ever identifies by an initial as H, uh, his relationships suffer, his health suffers, his mental health suffers because of the tremendous amount of overwork, just like American medical schools. Apparently the same thing is true in Britain. One of the stories that he talks about, he says, I had finished my shift and he said, and the next morning I was woken up early by a phone call, you know, and they wanted me to come right back into the hospital. And I thought, oh my God, I have to get myself together and drive over to the hospital until he realized that he had fallen asleep in his car and had never left the hospital parking lot. He was so exhausted. <laughs> he had just slept oh, in his car all awful. night. That's awful. Poor guy. guy. Um, a lot of the stories like i said there are there are very poignant things and sometimes there are bad outcomes for the patients and he's respectful of those things but some of the stories he tells are just hysterically funny and he has a wonderfully sharp sense of humor kind of a dry sense of humor the career that he left being a doctor for was writing comedy series for bbc so he's got a great sense of humor right off the bat when he first Gets in there and they make up the hosp- their badges for the hospital. Apparently, they used like a transcription program, uh something that just listens to voice and transcribes it and pr- spits out the badges for the new medical students. So his came out instead of saying Doctor Adam K A D A M, it's Doctor Adam K A T O M. <laughs> so he's like the Adam doctor. <laughs> someone else who had a hyphenated last name, their medical ba- If if it was like Smith jones their medical badge says dr smith hyphen jones all spelled out including the word hyphen Hyphen? (laughs) (laughs) to give you an example of some of the things he like he talks about one time when all the medical students are sitting around they're taking a break they're in the the cafeteria and they're Sort of trading horror stories about what are the weird things you've seen today, and they said, "Oh, you know, I've." They said someone had seen someone who was complaining that their teeth were itchy, and so someone else, had, and so they go through this litany of odd problems, and then one medical student says, "Yeah, I had somebody in the in the ER today who was complaining because they were only sweating on one half of their face," and there's dead silence around the table for a few seconds and then someone looks and says, "So, Horner's syndrome then?" And this guy goes, "What?" He's never heard of it. All the rest of them went, "Oh yeah, that's a dead giveaway. It's Horner's syndrome. It's usually caused by a tumor in the lung. It's really serious." And the guy just went screaming out of the <laughs> Just like, "Wait, I've got to get him back. I sent them home." Oh no. So Occasions like that might give you pause on on your medical things. Uh, another one he talks about is when they were reading an X ray for some. It was they had taken an X ray uh, because of something going on with a pregnancy. That and and they they go, oh my god! Well, the pregnancy looks fine, but look at that tumor in her lung. Oh my god! This that's a huge tumor. We've got to do something right away. And he goes. Does everybody missed this? And so he reaches up and he slightly repositions the the x-ray film on the light box it's being read on. He says, oh no, someone just stuck a donate blood sticker on the light box and oh, it shows the x-ray. <laughs> <sighs> he, has all, he has a number of anecdotes involving the odd and weird things that doctors are required to remove from various orifices of people's Oh, bodies.
2: I want to read that chapter so bad. I, I think I just yeah. need to read this whole book because this just sounds hilarious.
3: It was uh, the the one he said, well, he said, very often people will try and come up with a story, something to explain how this item got up their butt or up their <laughs> vagina. or <up> their... <laughs> And he said, finally, I ran into one that was, pl- they, it was, you know, you had to stretch a little to believe it, but it involved sitting down awkwardly on a sofa and the remote control ended up up this guy's ass. And then he said, (laughs) however, he said, so we fished it out and I'm willing to believe their story. It became a little less believable when we realized the remote control was encased in a condom.
2: (laughs) That's so disgusting. I am so disgusted right now for some reason. (laughs) Plus, how
1: loose does your anus have to be that you sit down on the couch and the remote remote just says... "Hmm." (laughs) I know I joke around all the time about my butt being so big it has its own gravitational pull, but I've never had the remote just accidentally go up my butt.
3: (laughs) Yeah, although I did read a story. I can't remember what book it was in. It was years ago that... It must have been some other medical anecdotes kind of book where they talked about the fact that some some guy had come into a hospital because his cell phone was up his butt. And he he explained it by saying he'd been using the phone in the shower, dropped it. It was slippery with soap and and he fell on the on the cell phone. However, it got up there, but it started ringing during the procedure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That story, however, is not in Adam Kay's book. He does, though, at the very end, he has a section he comes back on, he says, okay, so the original edition of this book was a big success. But there were several anecdotes that the publisher didn't let me put in or took out, because they deemed them, as he said, not of the right tone, he said, which (laughs) basically means too filthy or too <laughs> upsetting or too, or too generally gross and so he said I'm gonna tell a few of those here in the epilogue that he puts on the second edition of the book Yay! and the boy the, was like this guy wins the prize for weirdest thing that has ever happened well there were he actually has two stories about things that guys have done to their penises and the, oh. the one was uh, t- he was no longer like an intern, he'd moved up to being, I think, a resident. So he's supervising younger doctors. And one of the young docs comes to him after rounds one day and says, can you take a look at my penis? And he said, first of all, he goes, this is not the sort of thing that students usually ask an instructor, unless, of course, you're making a porn movie.
1: (laughs) <laughs> working for extra points
3: <laughs> yeah, so, but he says okay so i looked at it and he said it's it's kind of swollen and and hard to uh it's it it burns when i try to pee and it's it's a little bruised so he said and the guy proceeds to show him his penis and he said it looks like an eggplant that's been attacked by a tiger <laughs> <laughs> holy shit what did he do he had been bragging to his girlfriend about how strong and powerful his erections <gasps> were oh, no. and how he was pretty sure they could stop the blades on the desktop fan. Ah! They couldn't. <laughs> it's not Ooh. very often that you actually <laughs> make me speechless,
2: but yeah, that
3: that <laughs> uh yeah. That one very
2: sad then, for his I penis. thought maybe he was yes. I thought maybe he uh th- thought he could lift weights with it or
3: something. That's where my mind went. Nope. Tried to stop the spinning fan blades. Oh, Oh. and the other one was the the one in the epilogue. He said, this guy came in and he said he had tried, he was trying to do something sexy to surprise his girlfriend for her birthday. Mm. And so she came home to find him lying nude on the kitchen table with an erection and a birthday candle stuck in the tip of his penis. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, oh. he lit the candle and the no. hot wax ran down the candle and all the way oh. down the urethra and what got as far as his bladder. And they said that was an interesting medical situation to get the hot wax back out. <laughs> Dear God, oh, man. So yeah, if you if you think you've heard it all about weird oh. things people have done to themselves, this book will give you a few more stories. for And your I thought the belly repertoire. button candle idea. I know that's
2: crazy. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking hot wax and the belly button's bad enough, but
1: hot wax down your penis uh, is worse. Holy yeah. shit, man.
3: Yeah, and you you'll pick up a little bit of medical knowledge when he uses a medical term. You'll always say footnote. You know this is. <laughs> this is what uh, placenta previa is or this is this is what preeclampsia is or this is yeah a lot of the stories because he was an obgyn specialist a lot of the stories involve things that can go wrong in pregnancy so if you're pregnant and and squeamish you might not want to listen to this book until after you've safely delivered your child oh my uh, god i did listen to the audio version it's not it's a little under 6 hours it's not a long book at all and it just, but it's one of those books that makes you, every time you listen, you want to find someone and go, oh my God, I have to tell you this story this guy just told in the book. <laughs> this will make you cringe. Uh, <laughs> and he reads the book himself. He does a really nice job with it. He has a, a witty and dry delivery. And he's British, so, so that, that's extra yep. points for that. Yep. Very, very funny book with some very poignant moments, like the that's the, the third time she's used got that goddamn word. <laughs> third time, Pat. The case, the case that makes him—the case that makes him decide not to be a doctor any longer. I mean, he is—he oh. even though he's he's witty and sarcastic, he genuinely cares about his patients. He goes, often goes back and checks on them after hours, after he could finally go home and and have mm-hmm. a life. He was the kind of doctor who would go back in and check on them. And every time he delivered a boy baby, he would always, after the delivery was over, look at the mother and go, Adam's a very nice name. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, after years of doing that, one person did name their baby Adam. And then he said, so I looked up the statistics and he said, statistically, out of every, however many babies he had delivered, there should have been nine of them named Adam. This woman was the only one who took me up on it. So I think I've actually prevented eight other babies from <laughs> to Adam by making that suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz it's just too creepy. Yeah. At any rate, that is this is going to hurt by Adam K.
4: Guess what? There's a BBC a BBC show based on it now. It really? Yeah, which is, is
3: one of the writers on, but it's on AMC, which is one of the few streaming services I do not get. Oh. <laughs> I'll watch it for you. What's the BBC okay. show? Because what was that one,
1: like oh, English Scrubs? It was yes, like Scrubs, it was like, but it, um, what was that called? Oh, oh my god, that was so freaking hilarious. hilarious!
2: It's a it's a British sitcom that takes place in a hospital. The Green Room, the Green mm. Green something.
4: This one has the same title as her book.
2: We'll look it up. All right. <clears throat> I actually have, have thought about reviewing this a, a few times since I read it because it's it was really a unique book. It's called "Everyone in My Family has Killed Someone" by Benjamin Stevenson. And this guy, I think he's Australian, but of course I read the, listened to the audiobook, and I don't remember if he had an accent or not. I just was reading through some of the details after the fact. The thing that I like the most about this book and the thing that made it stand out to me as being really special is that it was, and a lot of people will not like this style, he completely shatters the fourth wall. And if you don't know what the fourth wall is, it's basically like if, if there's a play going on on stage and they suddenly stop the play and they speak directly to the audience. It's that kind of thing. So this guy starts off right away. And I wish I had written down like the very beginning of it because he just comes right out and says, yep, it's true. Everybody in my family's killed someone. Not everybody, um, not all the deaths and and all the deaths were different and under different circumstances. And he tells this whole story about um, because he's a writer, he's known for his books on how to write books. So a lot of times he goes through and explains why this is a bad mystery idea, you know, and he's like just basically goes through and makes comments throughout the whole book this way. But it was also a really good mystery as well. He talks about the first death that had taken place when his brother comes to his house in the middle of the night and says, come with me, I need you to help me. And he basically tells a story about how his brother had actually run over somebody or, you know, and he stuck him in the trunk. And he he wasn't actually dead until they went to the place where, and then, so on and on and on and on. But his brother ends up going to jail. So the book, the majority of the book takes place during a family reunion. And this guy is like totally not wanting to hang out with his family because (laughs) <laughs> because they won't kill people. Exactly. So it's like he finds out that this is a deal breaker. He has to go to this reunion. His sister is on him constantly about him needing to go to this. And it takes place at the ski resort. So he, of course he's the last one to show up and he gets there and I think it's later that night or no, it's the next morning. He goes outside and there's 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 this dead person that's like burned up and it's, it's like, um,
4: my family's been at it again. Exactly.
2: It's like, uh, <laughs> this, it's really hard to explain because the guy burns to death, jeez, but it's in the snow. So it's like this big mystery. Of course it is. So they're trying to solve this mystery. And then the next thing that happens is his brother the one that had been in jail has just been released from jail and he's showing up at this family reunion, which, why, which is why it was such a big deal that they wanted everybody to be there. Well, of course, the minute his brother gets there, everybody starts trying to pin it on him. <laughs> so it, it's not a funny book, but it is funny because of the way that the guy sort of narrates his own story. And it was really excellent. It was a great murder mystery type story. But for one thing, the whole time that you're listening to it, you're wanting to know what each person in his family has done. You're waiting for that story the whole time because you're meeting these people and you're learning their stories and they're interacting with one another. And the whole time you're sitting there thinking, "Okay, you know, what's your deal? What did you do? And you eventually find out all of them. But it it was just such a unique experience as books go that I don't think I've ever read anything quite like it. And for that reason alone, I recommend that you take it on because it was just really a fun ride. And that's called Everyone in My Family Has Killed Someone by Benjamin Stevenson. You can't give too many details on something like that because it's just... It's just too difficult. Yeah. There's just too many moving parts. It's very intricately plotted as well. So you're just sort of wondering the whole time, how in the hell is he going to get all this in? But he does it.
4: What the hell's up with your family is what I'd be wondering.
2: (laughs) Well, and that's the other thing. You're all dropped on your head as children. Well, and that's the other thing that makes it so interesting is that they're not all murderers per se. They all have a death on their hands in some way, but they're not necessarily all killers. Mm. If that makes any sense. <laughs> Interesting, but anyway, it was really fun. I
4: don't know that to... brother kind of. It's hard to you know, gloss over running over a guy and then he's not well, dead. You hear the, the story and about and it dry.
2: later, and it's nothing like it seems. <laughs> and that's the other cool thing: is everything looks like it's cut and dried. But then when you hear the whole story and you hear about all the details, you're like, holy shit. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it was fun. Very, very fun. Uh, Highly recommended, especially the audio version, because that breaking of the fourth wall is he's talking right to you the whole time. Telling (laughs) his story, basically, and he's hilarious. So that's that. Awesome. Awesome. And here we are back at the beginning. This is so weird, you guys. We haven't been in this studio since March of 2020. It was the last show that we did here. It's been a long time. I've Mid, never seen you in the studio. Mid March of 2020. Well, we didn't have you on the we didn't hook up with you That's until what I mean.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's been three years since we've been here.
2: We haven't been in this studio since I've started working next door. Because you started working the, the week the pandemic happened yeah. and everybody had to go home. Because we were all excited we were going to get to have lunch together and stuff. Ah! No, nope, <laughs> never nope, happened. Never happened. Not even one time. I kind of thought that
1: you were running away from me. I was like, oh, I'm going to lo- I'm gonna work right next door to you. We can like have lunch. She's like, I'm working from home. I, I don't, don't, <laughs> they wouldn't let us come in. I don't know. Yeah, sure. That's your story now. Yeah, that's my
2: story. <laughs> that's my story and I'm sticking to it. That's just so weird being back in here. For one thing, during the pandemic, they completely remodeled the studio. So it, it all of the stuff that's in here is completely different than the stuff that we used before. Shoot, your whole office is different. It is. That's because during the pandemic, they let so many people go. They let a receptionist go. All the office people went to um, hubs. Mm -hmm. They centralized everything. So we we basically are giving back half of our floor, and they're going to rent that out to somebody else because we don't need it anymore. Mm -hmm. We don't have (laughs) enough people to fill it up.
1: It's crazy.
2: Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know what I was going to talk about at the beginning? I was going to talk about our new Redbubble products because they're so cute. I got my bag in the mail today and I'm I was especially excited for that because I got it before the book sale which means I'll get to wear it at the book sale Awesome. yep so we're still working on the gnome one though yeah we need to we need to redo (laughs) that a little bit because I I got my hat and you you need a little you need some serious reading glasses to get up on that either that or get (laughs) right on up in your business I couldn't even read it right up in my business. Not even with my not even with my reading glasses on. It should say if you sta-
4: if you can read this, you're standing way too close.
2: Yeah, <laughs> right. But it was it's got such a cute tagline though that it just needs to be. Let me describe it to you, okay? It is a gnome holding a pineapple, and it says right side up. Huh? What? <laughs> holding a pineapple right side up. Right side up. But it says rocking the book swapping life. Now, for those of you who know us well, you'll know that the whole swinger thing really th- threw us off kilter when we found out what all the symbols were <laughs> that I had sitting outside my house all those years. <laughs> and so we uh, thought it was hilarious.
3: And those uh, those gummies, those uh, Kardashian gummies that you were that we were talking about earlier, uh-huh. are pineapple. They're made with pineapple. Yay! Ac- What's supposed to... <laughs> so, so maybe they also make you more inclined to become a swinger. We, <laughs> I suppose if you're a swinger, you'd probably
2: be a little more um You'd want to take concerned. those gummies so that you smelled your Ex- best. Exactly.
3: Paranoid about your personal odors. Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, what's okay for one person might not be okay for a crowd. <laughs> that's very true.
4: <laughs> that's why they're pineapple flavored, because that's what you're supposed to eat if you want your stuff to... St- To taste good they tell men that all the time really yep although pineapples
3: the the article that you sent around said absolutely doesn't work (laughs) no it doesn't work and that's
2: why it's so funny you have to
3: eat the real thing
2: (laughs) yeah but do you know that actually pineapple when you put it into your mouth begins to dissolve your mouth if you leave it in your mouth too long because it's so acidy yeah so you can't it makes my i can't eat pineapple in large quantities because it makes my mouth breakout.
3: Yeah, you can you can feel the acid yeah, when you eat a pine Yeah, pineapple. it's just it
2: it is so strong. Maybe if you mixed it with something else, you know, you put it in a smoothie it might be okay. So we'd have to do our own experimentation to see if that. No, you
4: just have to eat it, Martha. You don't have to eat it while you're doing stuff. Pineapple <laughs> <not laughs> is delicious.
2: That's not what I meant. I meant that we would have to do experimentation to see if eating pineapples with other foods Oh, I see. Would keep because that would keep your mouth from, you know, g- getting sores. Or and you know, whatnot. if you just
3: wanted to do like a sexy smoothie, you could put pineapple and bananas and peaches in there. It would probably be pretty good. And yeah. everyone would want a taste of you. I- I'm getting kind of
2: tingly just thinking about that combo. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: What? A banana, a peach, <laughs> and a pineapple. <laughs> That sounds like a joke. It's a banana, a peach, peach did and they a walk pineapple. Into alarm. Walked well, into a bar. Exactly. <laughs> walked into a salad bar. <laughs> Your house or mine, baby. <laughs> that is hilarious. I didn't even read the part about it being pineapple flavored, Pat. Hurrah well,
3: for science, <laughs> yay. Yeah. Well, too bad it doesn't work. Well, according to that article, it said that somebody had that. Numerous people have made those tests, eating the actual fruit as well as the gummies and. No, nope. doesn't make a bit of difference. Huh.
1: Yeah, but what you eat sometimes affects.
2: I know that if you eat a lot of garlic and then, yeah, then it doesn't taste very good. Yeah, it affects your.
4: We're talking about sperm mainly. Your sperm. <laughs> I love that you felt like you had to tell everybody. Like,
2: well, I, think I, get I mean, it. to be fair, I've, I've, I, I am a heterosexual woman. I, I've never gotten after somebody else's vagina so i wouldn't know anything about that but i bet it was mostly the smell thing yeah i was gonna say if it smells then you need to get it looked at
4: (laughs) well no it has a smell it i mean it's not a bad smell but it doesn't smell like pineapple or fruit or roses when i eat
1: a lot of asparagus because i love asparagus if i make asparagus i'm gonna eat a crap ton of it it's not just my pee that stinks yeah yeah, it's like that. all of my downstairs area. Yeah, smells like.
2: I think that's an asparagus problem. Wet
1: sour towels, and wet when sour I, I don't like that. <laughs> when I eat honey, not tonight. I smell like wet sour towels. Whenever I eat seafood, it's and I know it's like cliche, you know. Oh, smells like tuna fish. But when I eat seafood, <laughs> my junk smells like seafood. It's
2: probably because your fingers still smell like Well, what am I I'm not
1: doing anything with my fingers. Listen, if I'm gonna be using my hands, I'm gonna wash them first.
2: I'm sorry, I just couldn't resist. I don't want I don't
4: want my downstairs area to smell like yeast. Well crap, every day this week, you know what my go-to dinner has been? It's been shrimp and asparagus. Now I feel like I should probably stay away from people for a while
1: <laughs> well i mean Just that eat might some not. pineapple
2: it'll be fine
1: it might not be the same for anybody everybody but like when i eat grapefruits okay that's a good one because i love grapefruits but when i eat a lot of grapefruits i feel like i smell more citrusy than
2: normal <laughs> i think that might be in your head baby well that's not what i've heard oh she has anecdotal mm. uh, evidence,
1: evidence. I've also heard that when I drink Black Russians, it affects things too. Well, that's because you're lactose intolerant. Mm-hmm. It makes you drunk, and honey.
4: then you're happy. Black, oh, Black, black, Russian. black Sorry. Russians.
1: Black Russians. Sorry. Once you go black, you never go back. Wrong
3: Russian man. <laughs> I don't want them. Right, White Russians. It was kind of a good point they made in that article, though. They said that basically, they said unless unless you do have some kind of medical problem that it's making you smell yeasty or extremely fishy this there's nothing wrong with the scent of a natural healthy vagina agreed and, exactly and these products are just one more way to make women feel like they're not good enough as they are
4: yeah because yeah. Exactly. no one's making
2: yeah. vitamins for their stinky junk yeah. not only that th- look at how much money Gwyneth Paltrow has made off of her vagina <laughs> <laughs> Wonder if she, she made ate a,
3: pineapple first she
2: made a candle out of hers I don't know many I mean, men that I
4: mean, bought it. It
3: also needs a pair of underpants that's embroidered with the phrase, my vagina smells like a candle. <laughs> <laughs> my shit smells like air freshener. <laughs> Or maybe she was just trying to surprise someone on their birthday and her <laughs> candle got out of control. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, that's going to do
2: it for Three Book, Book Girls.
0: Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at 3bookgirls.com. And join the group